Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, May 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. In today's show, we're talking about how companies spend their money. First, we'll look at U.S. companies that are emerging from the pandemic with plans to buy back shares in record amounts. Then we'll look at executive pay and how investors are increasingly pushing back against boardroom bonuses. Plus, we'll go to India for a look at how the recent coronavirus surge is devastating the country's middle class. And mind you, India's middle class are a very important factor in its economic growth. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Some U.S. stocks could get a boost from a wave of share buybacks. From January through to the end of April this year, U.S. companies have announced a record $484 billion in buybacks. The FT's U.S. equities correspondent, Aziza Kazumov, is covering this. Yeah, so if you think about it, share buybacks cost companies a lot of money since, you know, they have to go and buy back the shares at the market price with cash. And a year ago or so, companies really didn't know how bad and how long this crisis was going to be. Um, So, you know, under those circumstances, you really didn't want to be spending excess cash on something like your own shares. But in the last couple of months, those dynamics have changed with the vaccine rollout and cases trending down and the sort of reopening kicking into gear. So companies now have are a lot more secure about their futures. They sort of know better what's coming down the pipeline. They have found themselves with a lot of cash on hand because, you know, there's been all this pent up demand and people have started spending a lot more in the first quarter. So companies are just in a lot better place, um, which is why a lot of them have started doing buybacks again. Aziza Kazumov is the FT's U.S. equities correspondent. Yesterday, AstraZeneca shareholders voted on a plan to increase the CEO's potential bonus for a second straight year. In the end, 60% of shareholders voted yes, but 40% saying no? That counts as a rebellion. And it's part of a trend. This year, we're seeing shareholders push back against executive pay proposals in record numbers. It's not just at U.S. blue chip companies like General Electric. Just last week, global mining group Rio Tinto also had a shareholder revolt. Investors had put up with this for for years and had not really objected to this because as the share prices did well, the executives did well and the investors did well. That's the FT's governance correspondent, Patrick Temple-West. He says the pandemic has changed that. Opposition to boardroom pay plans have spread from Starbucks and Walgreens to other sectors. So it's morphed now. AT&T had a failed say-on-pay vote. IBM had a failed say-on-pay vote. And GE had a failed say-on-pay vote. And really, the, the momentum for this investor concern is only going to build in the weeks and months ahead. Typically in North America, proxy season runs April through June. So we're really coming into the peak of these annual general meeting seasons with May here and and June coming up. So Patrick, what's the connection between shareholders pushing back against executive pay raises and the pandemic? Last year, when the stock market was really hammered, boards of these companies went in and rewrote executive pay bonus packages for their executives. The concern was that the executives are not going to be able to hit these metrics that they had set in better times. What is going to happen if we don't compensate these executives? So they reworked these bonus plans to make it easier in, in a, a number of different ways. For example, some companies just cut out from the performance periods certain months, the worst months of the pandemic. So if they said, you know, Mark, you're, you're due a bonus for 
2020, but uh, we're cutting out April and May of 2020 from, from your performance metrics. Um, you're only going to be judged for other months of the year. We will give you a bonus based on that. So it spares you some of the, the pain that your performance fared during the, the worst of the pandemic. Okay, so Patrick, uh, they were nervous about losing CEOs. So boards made it easier for execs to get their bonuses. Investors seemed okay with that. Uh, and then what happened? The problem is the, the stock market rebounded. And those reworked plans, was it, was it really necessary? Did they have to go back and lower the goalposts for these executives? Fast forward to, to this year, and executives are really questioning why boards spent all this time. Was it really necessary during the pandemic when maybe you should be thinking about best business practices, best operations, how to adjust your business for the new coronavirus reality, when in fact, your board and some of your shareholders were spending time focusing on how much the executives should be getting paid. Patrick Temple-West is the FT's governance correspondent. He also writes for Moral Money, the FT's newsletter on ESG investing. Thanks, Patrick. You're welcome, Mark. In India, COVID continues to spread across the country. And while the first wave mainly affected India's poor, this second wave is devastating the middle class. These are the somewhat more affluent families who've been key to the country's economic growth. The FT's Jyotsana Singh has interviewed dozens of middle-class families and told me about one man in particular named Ram Prakash. Ram Prakash was suffering from COVID. He had fever and his family tried to take him to hospital, desperately looking for a hospital bed, but their efforts proved unsuccessful. And on the 27th of April, he died at home. Prakash was a tax advisor in New Delhi. He was one of millions of Indians who joined the ranks of India's middle class over the past two decades. He was also his family's main breadwinner. I spoke to his wife and his 16-year-old daughter, and they told me that they were literally staring at poverty. They said they have no idea where they are going to get money for their food or the daughter's school fees. And even before this latest COVID wave, India's middle class was already struggling economically because of last year's lockdown. A study from the Pew Research Center found that in 2020, India's middle class shrunk by about 32 million people because of that downturn. This is the category that's defined as uh, families that earn between $10 to $20 a day. This also represents almost 50% of India's aspirational middle class that had joined this category since 2011. And mind you, India's middle class are a very important factor in its economic growth. And Jatsana says that government help isn't on the way. Currently, there is no scheme for people like Ram Prakash's family because they are not eligible for any of the government's welfare schemes because they are slightly higher than the category that is described as the poorest of poor. Right now, the focus is on saving lives rather than livelihood. The government is busy ramping up health facilities and trying to make sure that there are enough hospital beds available, there are enough healthcare facilities available at the moment. But going forward, the government will have to address this situation. Jiatsana Singh is the FT's Delhi reporter. 
Before we go, a word on weddings. A lot of nuptials were nixed due to the pandemic, but now, in the UK at least, where pandemic restrictions are easing, there is unprecedented demand for wedding venues. That's according to Selfridges. The upscale British department store just announced it's got its wedding license so it can start hosting events at its flagship store in central London. It's hoping to capture some of the 220,000 UK weddings that were delayed or canceled last year. The store's announcement comes as the number of guests allowed at a wedding in England is set to double from 15 people to 30. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.